Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your buddy Chewy. I'm uh, back th tonight uh, with my good brother and friend, Mr. Matthew Pippinger. How are you, sir? Uh, doing great, sir. Doing great. Glad to be back in front of uh, the 406 audience. I'm really happy that both of you were here to join us. And we hope you enjoy this podcast. You and you, yes. Um, so yeah, so it's so it's been a while since uh, since the two of us have gotten together. The last discussion that we had was about um, '80s hair metal, which was uh, just a, a tremendous uh, conversation. And and I got a lot of good feedback about it. And uh, and I got a lot of um, I, I heard a, I heard quite a few folks that uh, had not heard of some of the songs that we talked about, which I thought was cool. So. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, th I thought that was kind of thought it would be an educational piece as well. Right, you know? right, exactly. Come here to learn is what you do on, on right. 406. So uh, so how, how are things? Things are good in life for you, I hope? Yeah, everything's good. Um, still just uh, life as life is these days, working from home all the time. Uh, I had my oldest is getting ready to start kindergarten here, so we're trying to figure out how, uh, how a kid starts kindergarten and does it in this day and age. So there's all kinds of interesting yeah. challenges uh, going on. So what is, what does that look like in Indiana? Have they decided what that looks like yet? Um, I think it really depends on the school and how they want to handle it. But no, I mean, it's, it's sort of spread across the board. It's, it's going to be one of those things where they kind of just throw the kids into the environment and, and see what happens, but they're going to be wearing masks yeah. and stuff like that, which I think is going to be a real interesting, uh, you know, exhibition of, of you know five-year-olds wearing masks in, in school and trying to get them to do that and and at the same time you know they're going to classes and they're carrying bags and pencils and books and all that kind of stuff it's a it's a pretty significant upgrade from from what she's been doing so far so that on yeah. top of the pandemic is just really really bizarre which she wouldn't know any different right she's never done it right before, so yeah, I suppose, yeah i suppose yeah i suppose if there's if there's any silver lining it's the fact that these kids really don't know any better right so it's like yeah it, it's it's crazy weird for us but maybe for them it's it'll just be kind of normal so it'll be an interesting story that they can yeah. tell and uh you know their kids someday when they have uh have the same experience hopefully yeah. the same but in a similar one yeah. So uh, b before we get started, what do you uh, what's your drink of choice this evening, sir? So I was hoping you would ask my drink of choice <laughs> is actually so it's still my my typical gin, straight up gin with a couple blue cheese stuffed olives. Um, but I'm drinking this. It's called I had to actually brought the bottle because um, I've never seen it before. And this is not a name that it's easy for me to remember, but it's called Drum Shanbo. And it's a gunpowder Irish gin. I'll show the, uh, the, the fans out here. Wow. Um, it's really, really good. It's just a, a couple ticks above um, uh, uh, Hendrix Gin in terms of price, so I thought okay. well, I'll, I'll upgrade a little bit and see what a what a fancier gin tastes like. And it's really really tasty for, for awesome. my, my palate. I really enjoy it. What about you? I understand. Uh, tonight is um, Tom's Foolery uh, mm -hmm. Bourbon. Tom's Foolery is a uh, actually a local distillery uh, in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, so I, so I started drinking it a couple of years ago, um, when, when I go to my Pennsylvania kill the can meet every year, I like to take a bottle of something local with me. And uh, a couple of years ago, I brought that and it was the first time I had tried it and I really kind of enjoy it. So it's, uh, you know, and, and I get to support local on top of having a good drink. So very awesome. Very, uh, very noble so. of you. 
Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's let's uh, get into it here. Uh, we do have a topic this evening. Um, I, I won't call it a top five or a top ten, but it is. Um, you know, so we were we were chatting after our last show. We were saying, okay, well, what's what's the next topic? And uh, so we kind of brainstormed about a couple things. Uh, you know, we've got hundreds of things that we want to talk about over the years. Uh, but we're gonna, tonight we're going to just kind of a random. This is movies that could not be made today. Um, and, and it could be for a variety of reasons. It could be because of the topic. It could be because they're no longer relevant. It could be because the filmmaker doesn't have the balls to make the film today. You know, what have you. So, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that we're necessarily ranking these films, but these are, I, I, you know, I've got a list of five or six um that i just i just don't think you could see these films made today and you know and we, we were talking before we started recording you know maybe it's you could kind of twist it a little bit and it might still be a relevant film but it certainly would not be uh the product that you have on the screen that right. we have for the most part um come to know and love so um so you know what i i will let you if you would like i'll let you start and uh, and kick us off this evening yeah, so, I, I, and again, yeah, to reiterate, it's not really a top five. I'm not going to rank these in any, well, that's not true. I'm probably going to rank these in, in, in sort of an order. I'm going to start with the ones that, I, I have five on my list, and I think three of these five are ones that if they were if they were cut up a little bit differently, may still make it to screen. You just might have to substitute jokes, and it may not be quite as funny um, or quite as reputable. But there are definitely two on this list that I think would be extremely difficult to have made, especially the way that they were. Uh, and we'll get to those. But I mean, the first one that came to mind, I think, is um, probably one of the most iconic comedies of all time that definitely crosses pretty much every boundary of uh, racism and, and probably sexism <laughs> as well. And that would be Blazing Saddles. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody who would engage in a conversation like this and, and not bring that movie up, which was, you know, it was a really funny movie. I remember watching it when I was younger. And to be fair, uh, a disclaimer, I have not seen any of the movies on my list in a long time. Um, I've seen bits and pieces, and I actually rewatched all of the trailers right before we started recording, just to kind of give me a refresh. But I haven't seen Blazing Saddles in a while. And obviously there is some very choice language um, and some themes in there. Uh, you know, made, and oh gosh, I should have looked this up and I don't remember. I think it was made in the late seventies, right? Um, uh, let's take a look. I was going to say early eighties, but let's, you know, maybe, maybe it was like yeah. or something like that. But I, I think the thing about all of these movies is that they were all made at a time where, um, you know, this kind of content was more widely acceptable. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not a matter of, you know, they, they couldn't get made today. That doesn't make them bad movies. It just means that they're a product of a, of a time where those things and those sensitivities weren't brought to, you know, the forefront by a lot of people. So, you know, they, they kind yeah. of are what they are. They don't age well in some respects, certainly. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's 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 kind of the product of their generation. But that, that's my first one, Blazing Saddles. All right. Yeah, no, and, and so I did just look it up. Blazing Saddles actually came out in 1974, which okay. is actually much, much earlier than I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're right. So this, this, was, this was one of the ones on my list as well. Um, again, I, I don't know how you could, you know, the, the, entire, the entire kind of premise of that movie 
is is satire and parody and it's dealing with race and it's dealing with sexism and it's dealing with all sorts of stuff that to your point really really didn't age well um at all right and um it's funny i was um the last episode i was talking about um you know some other similar topics that haven't aged well right so the Cleveland Indians mascot, Chief Wahoo, and, and, and those kind of things, right? So, right. Um, it was, it was really yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bla- Blazing Saddles, you know, it's funny. I saw a, a meme just, just the other day, um, and it said, um, Blazing Saddles will be being shown on TBS, the, you know, the clean version. It'll air from 8, o- 8 o'clock to 8.07. <laughs> you know the point being you know (laughs) right you know the point being they would have to cut out so much of the movie there would be about seven minutes left so right it's Um, like watching goodfellas on tbs and thinking you're watching a documentary on morse code right that's exactly right so um okay so um this one i think my next one i think is going to fall into the category of um you couldn't you would have to really recut it uh, to make it a viable movie. Um, this is what, this is a movie that Pip and I have talked about. Uh, hey, if, if you're going to remake a movie, this one might actually be a good one to remake. Um, candidly, I'm glad that they haven't because this particular movie holds a, a special place in my heart um, and it's Police Academy. Yeah, um, the 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 original, especially the original Police Academy. Um, th- there are... Let's see. And again, it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, you know, the one thing that's interesting, I don't remember what that movie is rated. It's got to be rated it's R, R, right? It's for it's sure rated R because when I was younger, I, I didn't see the first Police Academy for a long time. The first one I believe, first one I'm sure of was rated R. The second one I believe was PG-13. And it wasn't until the third one where they started making them all PG. And that's the first, I think the third one's the first one I saw, maybe the second one. Because okay. I was... I lived in a house that was very strict with some of those rules, so I couldn't watch uh, I couldn't watch Police Academy until many many years later. So. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so the, you know, the, and I guess where I was going with that was I, I'm actually glad it was rated R because where I was going with that is if you go back and you look at a lot of movies from our youth, um, and you look at them now with the eyes of a parent, um, I. I'm actually kind of shocked at what got into some of the movies that we that were PG or PG-13 movies. Police Academy, especially, I, I, I would have been shocked if it wasn't rated R. Tons of nudity, tons of really, really right. bad language, um, and, and you know, there's there's a slew of racism in there, a slew of sexism in there, a slew of um, uh, homophobia. Um, Again, all of that being said, um, is a is a really hilarious movie, um, and and you kind of feel bad. Uh, again, looking at it through t- the twenty twenty lens, mm-hmm. um, you you feel bad at at laughing at some of that stuff. Um, but but yeah, again, you know, you you might be able to recut it and 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 change it to today, um, but I don't know that it would be half as good as it was. Um, I don't know that the jokes would land the way they did. Right. I, I agree with that. I think that um, I, I have a certain reverence to that movie just because I saw it when I was younger and I saw it at a time where, you know, those kind of jokes made me laugh. And I realized as an adult, if I saw that movie for the first time today, there was, there would certainly be things that I would laugh at, but I'd be like, 
oh man, that's pretty yeah. cringeworthy. Um, but I would, I would agree that um, it, it holds a special inappropriate place of my heart where all the, where all the sort of naughty humor goes. And, and I think that the interesting thing about this list, and I don't want to give too much away, and I'm going to guess it's pretty similar to yours, all these movies are comedies for me. And, and there's, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, the whole, how, what joke is too far, right? Because you, you will hear stand-up comedians come on stage even today and tell racist jokes and, and, and say things that are borderline inappropriate, um, or at least very, very crude, um, you know, more so than any of these movies. So, like, humor strikes a, a different chord for people, and, and people really stick up for the fact that, you know, you can say, you should be able to say and, and write these jokes because they're jokes. You know, at the end of the day, they're not meant to insult, but it's it's a really, really blurry line sometimes with what you can and should be able to get away with these days. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, well said, well said. But that's, that's uh, a fantastic uh, entry, I think, for this, for this list, and one that uh, you and I will text quotes back and forth on uh, every once in a while. Rest in yeah. peace, Tackleberry. Um, yes. You know, that, uh, it's a good movie. You know, it's it's funny. One of the one of the things that strikes me about about that movie now that we're talking about it, um, that movie, and and a lot of the movies kind of from that era have characters that I, that really resonated with me and really kind of stuck with me. And I don't know if it's because I watch movies differently now than I did then. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of a movie in the last. 10 years that has so many kind of ensemble characters that I know as well as I know the cast from police Academy. Right. I mean, you've got, you've got Mahoney and Jones and Tackleberry and, and, you know, just like on and on hooks, um, high tower. Yeah. Yeah. All those guys, you know, and I guess, you know, maybe the, like the, the hangover movies, but I couldn't tell you those characters names. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just don't make movies like that anymore, right? But it's. I don't think um, they do. I think it's too hard to pay those guys and retain them because, I mean, when you think yeah. about the cast of Police Academy and how many of them carried over from movie to movie, not every one of them made it every movie, but, you know, Gutenberg was in, what, three or four of those movies. Uh, Hightower yeah. was in all of them. Tackleberry was in all of them. Um, I think I think Lassard was in all of them until he died, maybe, or yeah. something along those lines. And Jones and. You know, like a, a lot of those actors were, were you know, kind of went along with, with the series, but it's really hard to do that these days because as soon as something gets popular, you know, everybody wants a bigger cut of, of the action yeah. and then it, it just becomes more of a more of a business at that point. So, yeah, that's it's a really good point. I can't think of another movie series that had that large an ensemble that, that for the most part, the core of it stuck together. Yeah, maybe like Fast and the Furious? Maybe mm-hmm. That's a good point. Just from a from a casting perspective, yeah, yeah. that's that's good. But those movies are making <laughs> tons of money, right? right. So those yeah, guys are getting paid a lot of money. I don't right. think you can say that Police Academy ever made a shit ton of money. Oh, no. I think yeah. it made good money, which is why more movies followed, but not yeah. certainly not Fast and Furious. But that's I, a good. I suppose, yeah, I suppose I suppose the only exception to that would be like the the MCU. Right, the the Marvel universe, but again, that's that's a different beast altogether. It is. That's sort of a differently yeah. thought out thing. Yeah. <laughs> but but I love the idea that we have a podcast. Okay. That is. Com- I love that uh, we're. All right. What do you got? I love that we're comparing Police Academy series to the Marvel saga. Like that to me <laughs> is fantastic. That is something that no 
vlog has ever dared to do. So you heard it on Poro Six first. Probably very true. So my next one, if we're going to do uh, uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, uh, we go from from one inappropriate Asian stereotype to another inappropriate Asian stereotype played by the same actor. Um, Revenge of the Nerds is uh, is mine, which is. Man, if you had to hold a gun in my head and tell me which one I liked more, Police Academy or Revenge of the Nerds, I'd probably just tell you to shoot me because I don't think I can make that kind of decision. Um, talk about one of the most hilariously quotable um, yeah. movies. And ironically, both of those movies came out the same year. They both came out in 1984. Um, but that that movie is, oh, man the epitome of sort of your 80s raunchy comedies, right? It had the nudity, it had the the um, the swearing, it had it didn't have any violence or anything like that. But I mean, it was, it was pretty over the top in all areas, including, uh, you know, some pretty intense racial stereotypes. Um, and, a lot of n- nerd persecution, for sure. Yeah, nerd persecution. Well, see, though, that's actually really interesting because I started thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if that's, I mean, it was, it, they could get away with it anyways because other movies were getting away with it. But nerds almost, almost gets a bit of a pass because the protagonists in this movie are nerds, right? They're, they're in a sense, their own minority, right? So if they're mm-hmm. the own minority and they're sort of fighting back against the system, then some of that, some of that stereotype and some of that insensitivity, I feel like gets swept under the rug a little bit or at least very cleverly hidden uh, in some of I would it. agree. I would agree. Except for the very inappropriate <laughs> yes. nerd mouth rape scene at the end, or not towards the end. Um, that's the one thing that I'm like, you get that one, you got to cut, right? Like that one is not okay. Never once in the history has anybody ever done that and a girl been super psyched and did that happen. <laughs> like we no. can't really perpetuate that stereotype with a clean conscience. No, I, I yeah. And, and so if, if you're, if you're not familiar with Revenge of the Nerds, uh, first of all, you need to go, go watch yeah, it. Yeah, right go. Now. Yeah, stop listening to our shit and go watch that movie. Um, but there, there's so there's a movie or there's a there's a scene at the end where the the head nerd um, Lewis Skolnick, I believe his name was, Indeed. Um, had a super cool Darth Vader mask on, by the way, which is awesome. But the uh, the jock, his girlfriend, who, what was her name? Her name was, she was hot. Uh, uh, wasn't Penny, was it? it Sally? Might have been. Um, anyways. Yeah, sorry. Uh, anyways, they, they, they were, um, they were in a, either a haunted house or a fun house or something like that. And she didn't know, she thought it was her boyfriend when it turns out it was the nerd. Um, and they did things and yeah, it was, it was, um, in retrospect, it was super rapey. Um, and it just, was, yeah, and it, it was flat out rapey. There was, <laughs> it wasn't even really rapey. It was rape. I mean, that's pretty was, much what yeah, it was. Yeah. Which and, is uh, so, not funny in any context. Right. And so, yeah, that, that movie, that movie you could probably make today, but yes, that, that scene, there's no way you make that scene, um, even remotely close to the original cut. Right. But uh, Brian Brian Tochi, I think is his name, was the uh, the Takashi in Revenge of the Nerds and played. Uh, oh man, I'm not gonna remember his name in uh, uh, in Police Academy, but he's the uh, he's the connection between those two. Yes, v- very good connection. Okay, um, let's see. 
So, okay, I, I, I will go next with the movie that made me think of this list. Um, it's Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, wow. And the, the reason, Ventura. right, so the reason, it's not the, the movie in and of itself is not, um, there's nothing wrong with it. The, but the, the problem that I, the reason I don't think you would ever be able to make it today is it is incredibly insensitive to the trans community. The, the character of Ray Finkel, who is kind of the, the bad guy, I guess, slash Lois Einhorn, is a trans woman, right? Mm -hmm. Or trans, again, I don't want to, it's a, it's a guy that transitioned to a man. Trans a guy that transitioned to a woman. Yes, yes. I, I just, I just don't think, and and the, and I guess it's not even so much that the topic of trans, it's the way they deal with it. It's the fact that when the entire, when they find out she was a man, that it's the way they deal with it. It's the fact that Dan Marino, who, who was a, it was an old Dolphins quarterback, had kissed her, and he starts throwing up, and Ace Ventura starts throwing up, and everybody's, you know. Um, right. it's, it's, it's just the insensitive way in which they deal with that particular topic. Um, I, yeah, I just, I just don't see, and again, that, that, that is the main character, right? That's the entire kind of plot or a huge plot point. Ace Ventura right. is looking for this particular person and a huge part of the reason he can't find him is because him, he is a she, right. um, and, and she has taken on a new identity. So yeah, that's, that was, that was actually the movie that, um, that made me think of this list to begin with. That's interesting. That never crossed my mind, but I think that's a really good point. And it's not really something you can cut out because it's such a big part of the plot. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a really big stretch too, because I remember watching that movie for the first time and like, wow, that was a, that was the jump I did not expect to see. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think that they, they try to handle that comically, but it's, um, it's well, flat. That, that's one of the few jokes of that movie that actually does not, play very well even then poorly. Yeah. yeah yeah i agree well that's interesting so that that kind of leads into some of my sort of yeah these movies aren't going to get made at all today and uh, the first one that i came up or the first one on that list is uh 1986's uh soul man with c thomas howell oh. if you remember that movie <laughs> most of you probably don't most of you probably don't remember soul man and that's probably because a it is easily the least entertaining and worst movie on this list. Uh, but B, it's about a kid, uh, C. Thomas Howell, again, who is uh, famous for movies like uh, he was in E.T., he was in The Outsiders, he was, um, he was in a lot of movies. Uh, a Sight Out, uh, for you volleyball fans. Um, what a great movie that is. That's a pull right there, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, C. Thomas Howell's character in that movie is a kid who gets accepted to Harvard and then realizes how expensive it is to get into Harvard. So he applies for a loan under the guise that he is a black male. And in doing so, he has to go, I don't know if you can say blackface because that, that's different, I think. But he essentially spray paints himself as an African-American, goes to college, yeah. and plays most of that movie. Uh, and, and, and disguised the entire time and falls in love with a black woman. In this movie, it's uh, Radon Chong, uh, famous for her roles in Commando and uh, 
the daughter of Tommy Chong, famous uh, Cheech and Chong. But I mean, it's just inappropriate all over. And then I'm, so I'm watching this trailer and I like, holy shit, I forgot James Earl Jones is in this movie. <laughs> oh my God, he is, isn't yes. he? Like, oh, like wow. sort of like, you know, in terms of, of black actors, James Earl Jones is like, he's up there, man. I mean, he is, yeah. he may not be Sidney Poitier, but I mean, he's, he's crazy up there. And I'm like, wow, that seems pretty crazy that he was in that movie, but there's just no way you make that movie today unless maybe you, maybe you take it and you flip it somehow, um, you know, because, you know, that would probably pass. But I mean, there, there's no way you remake that movie today and get any, you, you can't even sell that script, you, let alone get that movie filmed. It's just not going to happen. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because the next, the next movie on my list um, is a 2004 movie um, called White Chicks. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was the Wayans, it was the Wayans brothers yep. playing two white chicks. Right. Um, and again, it's, it's, um, it's a good movie. It's a, well, okay. It's, a, it's an entertaining really? movie. It's a, <laughs> That's the first time I've heard anybody say that. <laughs> I think you've had a little bit too much of that, uh, yeah. of that, uh, that brown stuff there, yeah. sir. It's, uh, it's a watchable movie. How about that? It's watchable? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with you on this one. Okay, fine. There's two good scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, it's, it's um, I, you know, I, again, I, I, don't know, I don't know that, to your point, I don't know that a studio would look at the script for either of these movies in 2020 and and take a chance on making you know whether or not it's a good film or not i don't know that um i don't know that would they would take a chance um again this this one is the wayans brothers they are fbi or or uh, you know police officers or what have you they're going undercover and they're playing two kind of um super ditzy uh if i remember correctly like you know the Hamptons, you know, super rich white girls. Um, they look nothing like them. The, the, the makeup that they wear is not remotely close to, um, close to realistic. You, you just kind of watch this movie and you're like, how do these, the, the friends of these white gals not know that it's not them? But I suppose that's the joke. But um, yeah, it was, um, it's funny that you said, I, God, I had totally forgotten about Soul Man, but you're right. Speaking of um, kind of blackface, is there, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. did blackface not too long ago. And I don't think, he did it was in Tropic Thunder, right? And, yeah. and there's a really interesting, um, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, but obviously it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he interviews Robert Downey Jr. and he talks with him about that. I would recommend everybody check that out because that's really interesting. Because they, they have basically a very similar conversation, like, could this be made today? Would anybody have the balls to make that today? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was, it, it was, it, it was kind of like, kind of sort of blackface, because it was, but it was, it was an actor doing blackface in a movie, right? Like, so That's it was, true. That's it true. wasn't Robert Downey Jr. being a black man. It was Robert Downey Jr. being a white actor who was doing the blackface role, uh, in a for a movie within a movie you know like it's it's right. very, like it's very inception-y layered like, very meta yeah yeah so um so it's almost like they use that very cleverly to sort of get around the sensitivity of that but i'm i'm sure that there were still some people that were like 
Oh yeah. That's, that's, you know, just because they were poking fun at it while they were doing it doesn't necessarily make it appropriate. It doesn't make, well, and then when you think about, and I'm not even going to go into it, but when you think about some of the, uh, some of the lines that that character says, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it makes it even worse. Um, so it, it, they're, they're playing on, yeah, they, 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 they took some risks. How about that? Right. They took sure. some risks. They took so, some risks and it paid yeah. off pretty well for them. Not enough to make yeah. a sequel, but <laughs> definitely right. enough to, uh, right. to become a, a very, very prominent comedy. Yeah. Um, so All my right, last one is probably the other one that, that definitely could not be made, especially with the setup, the way that they did it. From 1982, one of my favorite directors, which made me a little bit sad, Richard Donner, um, famous for doing, you know, movies like Superman and The Omen and Goonies and... He produced Lost Boys, and I'm like, just one of my absolute favorite directors of all time, The Toy with Richard Pryor. Oh, shit. You're right. I which is a movie about, about Richard Pryor, who is, a, who is an out-of-work writer who goes in to apply for a job and essentially gets hired to be a glorified slave. Uh, and, and they basically hire him to come in and, and play with this kid and, and give him like $10,000 to do that kind of stuff. And his kid just basically... You know, uh, it was um, Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason, yeah. Jackie Gleason's kid, who is, I think his name is Scott Schwartz, more famously known as the kid who got his tongue stuck to the pole in the Christmas story. Um, that actor uh, basically just beats the shit out of him for the entirety of the movie. And, of course, there's a heartwarming message towards the end. But it's basically, <laughs> you know, they hire a black man to come in and play with a kid for an hour and a half. And it's... Uh, you know, there are some jokes that are really funny and that land pretty well, but the, the premise of the movie, I just don't think is one they could possibly do these days without getting an enormous amount of trouble or wouldn't even get off the ground. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's another movie that um, was, was, again, I probably, the last time I watched that movie was probably maybe 1984. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, of course, I, I didn't even, that, that, that premise and the whole reason that we're talking about it tonight never even crossed my mind back in 1984 when, or the last time I watched it. But, yeah, of course. But that was, yeah. Um, okay, so I, I got, I've got um, my last one. Um, I think you could probably make it today. Uh, but it would it would require a shift of character. It's actually from the horror genre. Uh, um, and I don't remember what year it came out, uh, but it's called Sleepaway Camp. Um, so Sleepaway Camp, if you're not familiar, uh, stars Felicia Rose. And it is about a, um, I think it was called Nightmare Vacation in uh in the UK, uh, came out in 83. It was a, uh, a slasher movie where, you know, kids go away to camp. They, um, you know, and they, and they start dying. Right. And so it's a, a very, uh, very kind of regular trope of 80s slasher films. Um, the, the twist of this one is the killer. Um, again, it's a, it's another trans thing, right? The guy is a girl girl is a guy um and and it's a very graphic reveal it's right at the very end um and it's one of those things that when you see this movie it's actually a really really well done really well made twist 
Um, I just don't know that it holds up in 2020. Um, in, in, the, in the landscape that we live in today, um, I, I just don't know that it would, you know, I, I don't know how you would make it, um, but I don't know that it holds up today very well at all. Um, again, it's, it's like there, there are several of these topics that we've talked about tonight that these movies were, were um, they were innovative, they were funny, they were horrific, and they just don't really, and, and kind of thoughts and really and thoughts have changed around these topics and people have grown, right? And something that maybe was a little offensive then is now really offensive, or maybe we didn't even understand why something was offensive back then. And now we, now we do. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was, I ran across that one relatively recently and it had been a while since I'd seen it. And it was one of those, um, I think you used it. It was very cringeworthy, you know, to, to see that reveal, um, after so many years, it was, it was, I was like, eh, that's, that's not cool anymore. You know, the, again, again, not, not that, not that, um, not the fact, but the way it was dealt with, I guess is, is sure. similar to, similar to Ace Ventura. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. That's not one that's on my radar. So I, I'm not familiar yeah. with that one. Yeah. And, and the, I did have kind of one honorable mention and it was Porky's. Uh, Porky's, you know, right, Porky's, right. you know, Porky's was one of those movies that was just, I suppose you'd kind of put it in the, what the, the coming of age kind of camp, you know, I guess it was what, it was a precursor to what American pie, right? Kind of that type yeah, of film. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great call. You know, Even a precursor to Revenge of the Nerds, if I remember right, right? I, Nerds came out in 84. When did Porky's come out? Porky's is probably... 79 80 something like that um yeah a couple couple of years before um i think that was if i remember correctly i think that 81. might have been a 81 okay 81, yeah. um you know and so it was a lot of um you know there's a very famous scene there's a there's a shower where the, the guys are looking through a hole in the shower and it's very kind of peeping tom and creepy and that kind of thing and there's just a lot of stuff that um again, just doesn't, just really doesn't hold up very well. Wasn't, wasn't a great movie. There was a couple kind of couple funny scenes in it, but just doesn't, um, just yeah. really doesn't hold up all that well over the years. That's funny. You should mention that. Cause I just sort of remember that like when I was a kid, like I thought that was the closest thing to pornography that there was right. Like, right. like mainstream pornography, like Porky's was just nothing but like boobs. Right. And then that's <laughs> right. the way my parents would, would let me within a, mile of that movie um so that's uh that's pretty funny and, and by these standards it can probably air at tbs after like nine o'clock on a saturday night or yeah. something yeah. but i mean it did you know, have some some nudity and uh uh you know some pretty uh I, I don't think i'd call it graphic but i'd definitely say some uh some some very mature adult scenes there but yes yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's you know it's it's funny. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm not watching as many. Actually, I take that back. I'm not watching as many movies as I did when I was growing up, for sure. But of course. you know, but the I, you know it's it's funny. Like you you think about movies like you know a Police Academy or Ace Ventura. You you and again, I just I don't see those types of movies really being made today. And, and it's not even about I get. I don't know if it is it that type of 
comedy that, that, that doesn't sell? Is it that type of, is it that a studio doesn't want to take a risk? I'm not sure what it is, but like you, you really, again, the hangover is probably the closest thing to that movie that I can remember um, in the, in the last several years, you know, and then you've got the bridesmaids and those kind of things. Um, maybe wedding crashers. Right. But I mean, you really don't have, I don't know what's, that'd be a good list to have like com- comedies that we like from the last, you know, recent comedies from the Modern past. comedies. So like yeah. the Apatow movies, like, you know, 40 year old virgin knocked up um, some of the Seth Rogen stuff, some of the, um, you know, Danny McBride, that kind of stuff. Like there, there's yeah. some stuff out there. There's some hidden gems, but it's definitely different now. And I, I can't quite put my finger on why, but it's, um, it's, it doesn't feel like it's the same as when we were growing up for sure. It doesn't. And, and again, I don't know if that's just that I'm looking at it through a, a lens of, a, you know, a mid mid forties adult or a parent probably. or probably both, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I find it interesting. You know, we go back and we, when we look at movies that we want to watch with our kids. And so I have a, I have a 14 year old, a 12 year old, a six year old, and to try to find a movie, even for the 14 and 12 year olds that, you know, you and I grew up watching regularly, like a hell, even like a Goonies or a Die Hard or those kind of things, you know, to go back and watch those movies now, it, it's, it's amazing what, what, um, what passed for PG and PG 13 that really wouldn't even be remotely close now. Even a movie like Ghostbusters which you know is is in my mind one of the all-time greatest my favorite movies, comedy of all time. right um you, you go back and you watch that movie now it's full of you know language and and all kinds of stuff that again as a parent i don't know that i would let my you know i mean my 14 year old yeah no problem yeah my 12 year old my you know my six-year-old no probably not right um it's just interesting and i remember watching those movies for as long as i can remember watching movies right um so well it's, yeah, it's just because you have to also consider that like it wasn't until uh so you mentioned ghostbusters ghostbusters came out in 80 83 or 84 uh i think I 84 i think yeah. 84 so, right so 84 was the year the year that pg-13 got introduced that's and true it was it got temple of doom right because well temple of doom wasn't the first pg-13 movie it was the movie that caused the pg-13 rating because it was pretty extreme the first you'll appreciate this the first pg-13 movie ever was red dawn oh nice okay patrick swayze yeah so that uh and c thomas howell and c thomas howell and (laughs) shit all comes back together that's amazing uh yeah so like back in the day like ferris bueller's day off i believe was pg and there's at least one f-bomb in that movie and that there is the standards have sort of changed over the years. So things are much different now, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I'm trying to find movies in my childhood that I would want my kids to watch. And there are, there are a couple of them that definitely don't fit. I think if you go with the world of Spielberg, you're going to be in good shape because uh, those were mostly PG and very family friendly and um, you're in good shape there. But, but Jaws was rated PG though too. <laughs> yeah, was Jaws PG? No, I got yeah, it. Was. I didn't think yeah. that was. Uh, oh, God, sure you're right. Well, that was 1975, though. Which, by yeah. the way, if I'm making an honorable mention for movies that can't get made today, Jaws is probably one of those movies because, I That's mean, for, you know, anybody 
who you know, I won't ramble on too long, but anybody who wants to get to know me is going to know that Jaws is my absolute number one top top favorite movie of all time. And one of the greatest things about Jaws is, is the entire uh, ethos around how that movie got started, like the, the filmmaking of that movie and, and the many, many, many times that the production of that movie almost got shut down because that's the first movie they ever tried to actually film in the ocean with all the salt water and all that stuff. And the fact that, you know, today that movie would just either get completely scrapped or they'd say, we're just going to CGI the whole thing and call it deep blue sea or uh, whatever. But, um, you know, back then it was, it was an absolute marvel of, of filmmaking and uh, the fact that they were able to pull that off is amazing. So that, that would be my honorable mention now that you bring that up because there's, just, there's no way you could make that movie. Uh, there's no way studios would have the kind of patience for anybody. And Spielberg at the time was not an established director. That was no. the movie that, that made him. He had done stuff before that, but he was not made before that. So that was his, uh, that was his trial for sure. So, yeah. Anyway, so. All right. Well, we did, uh, we did some good work here this evening, sir. We got, uh, we got some, some, uh, some good throwback movies to go back and, uh, and maybe see if, see if you can't find them again. You, you might have a hard time finding them, uh, on, uh, on, on TV these days. Some of them may be streaming on YouTube and, and the studios don't even care anymore. Like they're just, <laughs> there's a movie called my science project that I used to love when I was a kid. And I can't, that movie is not distributed anywhere, but you can watch it on YouTube. There's an hour and a half video of it and not YouTube TV. You could just search YouTube and watch the movie. And Someone just there. like held a camcorder up to a DVR and you can, or a DVD and you can watch the movie. So some of these probably you can find there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Hey, uh, next time the, the topic is on you, sir. And, uh, we will, <laughs> we'll have to make sure that, uh, that we get to it sooner rather than later. We will. I guarantee so. it. All right. Uh, say, so, Hey, everybody out there, if you like us, leave us a comment, ask us a question and we'll talk to you later. All right. Love all right. you brother. Take care. Love you too, man. See ya. Bye. Yeah.